Well, hello again and welcome to a special bonus episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. Yes, uh, we just did one yesterday. We're coming back to you for another episode. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my wonderful, super intelligent and just the best Disney person in the world, uh, my wife and co-host, Michelle. Well, thank you, sweetie. And hi, everybody. We are very excited about today's podcast, uh, so much so that it's a special bonus one. Yeah, so this won't be like your typical episode. Matter of fact, we won't like we won't count it in our numbers. Last one was 101. This is not 102. This is kind of a special bonus episode. But uh, we were lucky enough to be able to uh, book some time with a guest that we thought would be really, really interesting interesting for all of you out there and you know we could have recorded it he this was the time he could come on we could have recorded it and then played it back on for the next episode or whatever but with what's happening out there we thought you know things are changing constantly we wanted to be sure that we got this out in a timely manner so that's why we're dropping this today right not to mention that we're just really excited about it. I mean, this is, uh, we feel really an impressive guest that we're able to, like you said, book for an, uh, this interview. And we're so honored and thrilled about being able to talk about Disney to somebody who has some real inside knowledge. Yeah, he's been on the show before and we're excited to bring him back. So let's get to it. Here was the interview that we recorded earlier today. So, Michelle, uh, Shanghai Disneyland reopened today. It's really exciting news. Yes. uh, Disney Springs is now going to be opening, at least in part, coming up here on May 20th. So, we're starting to see a little break in the clouds, maybe a little light at the end of the tunnel. But, you know, how will this happen in the U.S.? There are still so many questions and The good news is we have somebody joining us today, a very special guest that will have some insight possibly on how Disney might accomplish this. He's the former executive vice president of operations for the Walt Disney World Resort, where he, as the senior operating executive for 10 years, he led a team of 40,000 cast members, was responsible for the operations of the 20 resort hotels, the four theme parks, two water parks, of course, the shopping and entertainment village and the ESPN sports and recreation complex. He's an author of multiple books. He does speaking engagements across the country and he even finds time for his own podcast. It is incredible. Uh, Creating Disney magic lessons in leadership, management and customer service. You can find that all at LeeCockrell.com. Yes. Lee Cockrell joins the show. Oh, and by the way, he happened to hold that job at the Walt Disney world resort in 2001 when the world of course stopped as well for that. Obviously the, uh, during nine 11, obviously it was a different situation than this, but still he may have some more insight on how to make sure you know assure that guests feel safe and are ready to return to the park so right this is really cool we're so happy to have him with Definitely. us lee cockrell may i call you lee by the way i hope so thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> lee thank you so much yes. for joining the hyperion adventures podcast tom and michelle uh thank you thank you for being on the show today sure happy to be here Awesome. And, and, uh, you know, as Tom mentioned, you know, you really do have a lot of insight into the organization and and more of how do the lines of communication and strategy work together to try to uh, accomplish either difficult or challenging tasks or changes that that come about them, you know, from external sources such as this. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Disney, we are extremely organized. Mm -hmm. There is a 
two thing ways to do things in the world your way and the disney way <laughs> <laughs> and when i was in the army the army way and neither one of those wants you to do it any other way so right. we are very into systems procedures policies operating guidelines i would say our strength is we hire better we hire people for a great attitude right. and uh, passion to do the job. And then we train them better, probably. Right. And and we treat them better. So I said, if you hire them better, train them better, and treat them better, life is good. Right. Because right. people will step up and do the job and be responsible. And uh, so I think that's one of the things. But on a crisis like 9-11 or even the one we're in now, I, people say, how do you lead through a crisis, right. I said the best thing you do is lead before the crisis sure. to create the create the culture, clarity of expectations, have the right people in place. You don't go buy a fire extinguisher after the house burns down, <laughs> and uh, or uh, you know those you know or get a treadmill after you have bypass surgery. Right, right. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, it's thinking about what could happen. Uh, right. what has happened in the world and if it happened to you, are you ready in your personal life or your business life? And uh, so we do a pretty good job of that and uh, we have a system for everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> Makes sense. You know, um, one of the things uh, from, from our previous experience, we were actually on, I think, one of the last Disney cruises that uh, settled back into port before, you know, I mean, or once all the... Um, the, the craziness, craziness. Began, yes. Yeah. Um, and so it was a two-week Panama Canal cruise. We wow. we started it at the beginning of March when things were fairly normal in this country. There was some some of the COVID crisis in Europe, um, but as our journey went on and announcements came out from the captain, we were realizing things were changing and and really going to be different once we landed back home here in San Diego. Um, what was really impressive was, you know, one, how the captain was communicating every day on all the changes and that you really did get the sense that he had been communicating within the organization and having that ability to draw from resources that weren't at his hands right there on the ship. Can you comment about, about that, like the communication lines, I guess? I mean, not... I'll, I'll, obviously specific, sure. but just, you know, how, how that structure really is supportive of when things like this happen. At Disney World, we practice for crisis several times a year. We do simulations. We are put through it by a company. It could be at three in the morning. You don't know when they're coming. They can show up anytime. We have to open our command center within 30 minutes. There's about 20 people that are in that command center representing every part of Disney, including we also have a sheriff's deputy in there, a highway patrolman, people, uh, all areas. And we open. Uh, we've done it so many times. We right. practice uh like on 9-11, everybody knew what to do and because we do it. And it's kind of like at home. You better have a fire drill. Right. Little teeny <laughs> things. So in the middle of the night when you wake up and there's a tornado coming, you don't try to have a meeting with the family to decide right. which room to go into. Sure. you got to pre-plan. And so I think that's what we do. And we have very clear policies and procedures, what to do, what to do, what not to do. And we have experts. I mean, Disney Cruise Line hired the head of Navy SEALs after he retired to be a head of security. Wow. That He saw things we didn't see because that's right. what experts do. <laughs> experts <laughs> see things you don't see. Right, right. And uh, I would say if there's a crisis, I don't care if it's at sea or on land, 
you're probably better to be at Disney than anywhere right. else because you will be taken care of. And it, we, I mean, there's nothing more important than safety. I mean, we can't have a place where people are getting hurt or uh, especially 50% of our customers are children. Right, <laughs> so, right. And parents, parents really don't like anything to happen to their kids. Right. And so, <laughs> you know, maybe their husband, but not their right. child. <laughs> so we're just, put, we're just crazy about systems, doing it the right way. Right. And uh, having a culture of safety. Right. That... Uh, the same old story. We work safely, and uh, it's expected, and uh, it's enforced. Right. So, yeah. And speaking of safety, I mean, we we've gone on um, some of the park tours, and they talk about the keys, and that safety is the first key. So even uh, not just it seems like not just with their uh, own cast members, but as guests are. Uh, kind of assimilated partially for a, a day or half a day that they are getting that message too that safety it's is a the priority of the culture. Yeah, they hear it over. It's like your mother. <laughs> she never, you know, right. we're like their mother over and over right. and over for the whole life. Yeah. Uh, I tell people, don't get bored with the basics. The basics are what keep you alive. They keep you. Uh, you successful in your life, ethics, honesty, doing the right thing, courtesy. Uh, most of your kids in life are not going to be successful because of their education. They're going to be successful because of their behavior. Right. And so uh, that's really important to be able to not only know what it looks like, but to train people so that the guests uh, can experience that. That's why they come back. Right. I mean, they come back. They don't come back for the roller coaster. They come back for the experience of the environment, the culture, how people treat them. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, you know. So, yeah. So, yeah. Obviously, we we talked about uh, you being on the job during uh, 9/11 back in 2001. You mentioned it just a little bit ago as well. Can you talk a little bit about? Obviously, that was a much different situation than this, but there was still fear out there in the community about uh, possibly going back to a place where there would be so many people gathered at one spot. Uh, can you talk about the process you went through uh, with some of the other uh, executives and with your team to kind of ensure that people were safe and they felt safe going back to Walt Disney World? Oh, yeah. I mean, we uh, we thought we were already so safe you couldn't believe it, but we went we went and reviewed all the safety measures that other places were doing, like military bases and entrance and exits, and, uh, and uh, there are many things that were added to uh, Disney, right, like right. barriers and at the entrance to hotels. They're nicely done, right, so right. you wouldn't you wouldn't know that. But that was so car couldn't drive into the lobby. That's uh, right. uh, we have security everywhere, cameras everywhere. Uh, there we have thirteen hundred security people, maybe more now right, that are right. what they're watching you undercover. They're watching you when you get out of your car. They're watching you in the right. stores on the on the monorail. Uh, well, I'm not kidding you. It's the safest zip code in America <laughs> on, pur on purpose. Right, That's right. Great. Yes. That's great. You know, and the whole world's looking for safe places to take their families. Right. I mean, right. literally, where are you going to take them? I mean, really, when you think about the whole world, where's the safest place you could think about going on vacation with your children? Right, right. It's and Disney, yeah. Not. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, and obviously that was a very successful process or rollout because people did come back in, in masses <laughs> and it was, a, you know, a, a really good rejuvenation back to, you know, fairly quickly of what was there before. So 
Yeah. Well, I think we had already built the trust with the guests over the years that we deliver. Right. And uh, it's better to have that trust before something happens and then try to build it later. I mean, right. yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because people today don't believe a lot of people that are kind of manipulating uh, your feelings or you got to, it's got to be real. Right. And uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, be nice before you have to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. More people need to know that out there because it's it's, yeah, it's unfortunately true. faltering a little bit in definitely, our, in our community nowadays. Yeah, we got a ways to go here. Right, yes. right. So, um, you know, speaking of this, uh, you know, you mentioned coming back after 9-11. Uh, we just talked about it a little bit earlier. Shanghai Disneyland opened today, uh, finally, after several months of being closed. It's the first of the Disney parks to reopen. We saw some uh, video of right. them out there. The cast members out uh, applauding. Uh, you know, they were uh, letting in people sporadically. They had timed entrance right. in. Everybody was wearing masks. Uh, the the uh, They had the health and sanitation uh, escalated. Uh, do you feel like this may be the blueprint of what happens in the U.S. parks as well? They're looking at Shanghai to see how to do things here in the U.S. Or is it completely different because just kind of the culture is different in Shanghai? Well, I think Disney's probably looking at Shanghai and everybody else in the world from right. healthcare professionals to, uh, to, you know, looking for the best ideas. Um, I think the temperature is a good idea. I think a lot of things when you first start out, you probably have to go overboard right? because uh, people are going to, when we, after 9-11, we were worried about, I wonder if the guests are going to be upset that we put all this security in and cameras and we check everything and they actually told us they loved it, Yeah, you know? So sometimes <laughs> right. you think one thing, the customer or the guest will tell you the truth and the difference. And of course, I think it'll be the same with this. People will be understanding. There will be the people who are a pain, who, right. <laughs> who, won't, who won't like it. And I told Bill Marriott, it told me many years ago, the way you get excellence is education and enforcement. Right. And uh, it's the way you raise kids, too. Yeah, true. <laughs> really and it's point. true. You educate people. You tell them what the expectations are. You're clear with them. You're upfront with them. Right. And uh, and if they come in, then it's going to be enforced. Right. And uh, you can't, you're not going to be able to get by because, first of all, it's irresponsible not to enforce it uh, for the other guests and the other cast members. So uh, there's a lot of people that are not very responsible right now out and about in the world. Right, and, right. Uh, but that won't be the case at Disney, I assure you. Yeah. That will not be the case. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, I recently heard you on a CNBC interview, and um, which was amazing and very insightful. You made an interesting point. You said that Disney has to be attentive to the guest, to the cast members, and to the bottom line. And that does seem to be an important triad uh, to maintain a company with their brand. And I just thought that was very uh, insightful that you bring brought that up because I do think from different perspectives, people feel that maybe the direction of attention should be on one of those. Yeah, I think you can't just, you can't ignore one of them. As I said, you know, if you ignore the bottom line, you won't be here in a year, right. you'll be out of business. If you ignore the guests, you won't be here because they won't be back. Right. If, right. You, if you ignore the employees, they're not going to give you a very good experience. So the guests won't come back and you won't make any money anyway. Right. So, I mean, there is balance in life. Your mothers know this, by the right. way. They mothers know you got to have empathy and discipline, you know? Right, right. Uh, 
like at my house. I had to keep my son happy, my wife happy, and uh, make sure we still have some money in the bank. So uh, <laughs> life is a balance of doing the right things, at, and it's hard. Right. It's a dilemma. It's called a dilemma because it's not there. There is no perfect solution. Right. It's you, you do the best you can. Sure, sure. And try to keep it all together right, in life. Right. <laughs> so we noticed actually yesterday we were just happened to perusing through the Disneyland, uh, the mobile app of of all places, and noticed that they've added a new tab onto there that says virtual queues. Now they've been using that with success. Well. Depending on your point of view of it, <laughs> uh, with Rise of the Resistance, the new Star Wars attraction right. there. Some people like it, some people don't. Uh, but obviously, and this has been discussed much since this has all occurred, that maybe the way people will queue in lines will be a little different now. And the fact that they've added that to the Disneyland right. app um, does make it intriguing. Essentially, what that would do for at least select attractions would give people they would they would kind of you know tab in and they would give right. them a return time to come back. Uh, Lee, do you see that that may be the future possibly for the queues? Obviously, it seems like that could be something that they're going to put into use at least temporarily uh, for this you know, odd time that we're in now. But do you think that that might become more of the status quo going forward? Well, I don't know if it'll go the status quo. I don't think anybody knows what's going to be the status quo. Right. I think we're going to try things. They're going to work. They're not going to work. That's uh, uh, why they've got people there to evaluate these things. They're going to, something else is going to, there's going to be a new technology come out in three weeks that somebody, <laughs> somebody invented. Right. And uh, I mean, I just think you got to be flexible. You've got to be looking for the best ideas everywhere and uh, you got to know what's going on around the world and when you should put them in your place and when maybe you should back off of something you did. Right. Because it's, it's not working. And uh, the times we're living in now, you got to make decisions faster. You right. got to get better faster. Uh, because, uh, the, 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 the guests, uh, have no patience. I mean, right. everything's got to be faster. That's true. You, know? you got to answer your phone faster. You got to <laughs> get back to people faster. You got to, they want to go through the ride faster. I mean, right, it's amazing. Right. That's your point. No, we're totally, true. you know, we're totally screwed up. So this is, we got to <laughs> do everything faster. That's and so true. don't, I say, don't fall in love with any idea. Just work mm -hmm. it. See if it works. If it does good, if not. You know, fall out of love with it. And right, put right. I know where where I work. Um, a lot of times, uh, we utilize the term, and I don't. I'm not coining coining it myself or using saying it's necessarily uh, a perfect term, but I think it, the intent is good. It's it's called fail fast, so that yeah. you can you know find what's not working quickly and make some adjustments. And and I wonder in a company as large as Disney, um, is that something that the infrastructure really can help support that? Yeah, I don't think you have any choice, frankly. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> you know, nobody wants to fail or fail fast, but right. we do every day because right. we have some bright idea. Right. And it sounds like great on paper, and you read it, and then you go do it. I say it's like travel. You can read about India, but it's different to go there. Sure. Uh, you know? Right. Right. Uh, no, I think fail fast is to recognize when fast, when right. something's failing. Exactly. And don't stick with it because of your ego right. or it was my idea or we've all, you know, we need to do it that way because somebody said so. No, you got to there's going to be a need a lot of courage going through this to do what needs to be done and to right. change what what is being done. So it it'll take some great leadership of people who are on the ball. Right, you know? right. 
do you see that there's something out there, some key? What would be the the turning point, the tipping point? Do you think uh, for Disney deciding that you know this is the time we can go ahead and open up these parks at least partially to start allowing people in? Do you think that there's a key out there for that? I think it could be six, eight, nine weeks, something like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe by July, maybe by, at the worst, maybe August, mm -hmm. uh, with something because you got to take the first step. Right. You know, the first step's always the hardest. Sure. <laughs> oh, do I really want to do this? <laughs> it's like uh, parachuting out of a plane. Mm -hmm. The hardest part's that first step. Right. <laughs> and, right. Uh, and then you have a ball. Yeah. So you got you're not going to find out anything until we do it, and they may operate at extremely low levels. Right. It's not going to be about money in the beginning. It's going to be about get this right. Sure. Uh, sure. But you can't. This has to go right. Right. And because, obviously, all uh, eyes are on Disney and watching what they're yeah. doing, and you know, even right. other uh, industries and other organizations. Yeah, absolutely. Disney can do the roadmap because they believe in safety and other companies can learn from them. Right. I told people today, watch uh, Shanghai. They put did a lot of great stuff. Right. I mean, yes. really impressive. Right, right. It yeah. really was. So, uh, I was. We were we were just sitting there and just watching it as people were entering. And again, uh, Disney cast members, you know, across the globe are you know out there applauding people as they're returning right. and people singing. And it was just joyous. And I was just so happy to see that today. Right. Absolutely. There's a video online. I don't know if you looked at it that uh, the senior VP did about what they were doing. Right. I, right. I way. looked at it yesterday just to see, and the signage is very so impressive. Right. Um, right. Uh, the way they're they're going to serve the buffet, but they'll bring the food to you. Right. Um, right. Hey. Right. And we there's actually, a million ideas. Yeah. We actually saw a lot of that on the cruise as well. Um, they were wiping down handrails constantly, constantly, and doorknobs. Uh, and yeah, after a couple of days on the cruise, the buffet became one where, you know, we held our plates and they served the food. Uh, same thing with beverages. And, you know, they really did a lot to try to prevent that um, multi-people handling the same things. Yeah, and yeah, they've been wiping them down for a, since they started that norovirus that all these ships right. seem to get. But Disney's had a Disney's had a great track record about right. not having those kind of issues, and it's amazing. And I think it's that little attention to detail, right. the little things. You know, the little things can become big problems. That's so true. always take care of the little things so the big things don't show up. Right. And uh, a lot of people don't do that because it, it you know save money you think right. it won't happen but getting a virus on your ship is you want to say you won't save any money sure. right. <laughs> right. disney always stepping up that's part of the reason why we pick disney cruise so right. often and visit disney park so often is because the attention to detail that disney puts in uh right. it's it's just over and above and i know that they're eventually going to get this right when they decide it's the time to reopen to start bringing guests back into the disney resort in whether disneyland walt disney world uh, disneyland paris whatever it may be um when disney decides to do it it will almost certainly be the right time right. i think you'd agree mr cockrell hey my uh grandmother was in the spanish flu of 1918 <gasps> she was born wow. she was born in 1906 and they all thought it would never get back to normal until it did yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, you know same, right it, it never gets back to normal until it does right, so, right. Uh, i mean and Life will go on. There will be a virus inoculation. There right. will be. I mean, yes. There's a. Everybody in the United in the world is working on this right now. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So 
There you go. I mean, that, that's the way to, you know, perfectly wrap up this uh, interview sure. with hope, a message of hope. Right. Because that's what I think we all need right now. And it looks like we're starting to get some from the Disney parks, Shanghai Disneyland open, Disney Springs opening in park here in a few days. Uh, it's really exciting. Uh, Lee, thank you so much for yes. joining us. We really appreciate you taking your time out of your busy day. You were on CNBC again this morning. Uh, so obviously you're, uh, you're, uh, you're always looking for people. People right. are looking to talk to you about uh, what's going on in the world, but we really appreciate that you took a moment uh, to spend some time with us here on the Hyperion Adventures podcast. Great. Take care you guys. This was fun. Thanks. So thanks again to uh, Mr. Lee Cockrell, yes. the former executive vice president of operations at the Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, he just brought so much great insight to what's going on out there and what Disney's steps may be uh, going forward. Right. And you could just tell from his demeanor and um, confidence in the organization that it really kind of, for me, instilled that confidence that, yes, things will return to a Disney that we can really go back to loving and enjoying. And as he said, it's about the experience. And we've said that too, and which is so true. And so it, again, what amazing opportunity that we just had. Yeah, uh, really was a, a wonderful conversation. Again, lots of insight there. As he has insight all the time on his own uh, podcast, his speaking engagements, his books. I know you've read some of his books. Right. Um, really, you can find all that stuff again at leecockrell.com. I know you've listened to the podcast yeah, many times. Yeah, many times. Yeah, uh, his podcasts are great. It's designed to give really great skills to leaders, you know, using Disney as the... Uh, guiding force, although Lee and his very rich experience in other organizations obviously comes through as, as well. And I would highly recommend it, even not just for leaders. I think it just has a lot of great life learning. Yeah. Uh, I've heard a little bit of it. I know you've listened to more episodes than I have, but uh, always insightful, always interesting. And there's, you know, obviously that a lot of this comes from Disney, but there's a lot of other lessons to be learned in business and in life. Uh, and he shares that with his, uh, with all the listeners that he has uh, and his speaking engagements as well. And right. like I said, his books, uh, again, the, the podcast that he does, it's called Creating Disney Magic, Lessons in Leadership, Management and Customer Service. And again, uh, find it all on leecockrell.com. Right. I highly recommend it. So, yeah. yeah. So, again, this was a special bonus episode. We don't have Disney Stories of the what? Week. No we tips? don't have tips today. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, you can go back and you should go back if you haven't listened to yesterday to yesterday's episode that we dropped. Uh, listen to this one and then listen to that one or vice versa, whatever the case may be. We did the uh, top five Disney lounges and right. that was a lot of fun. More of a fun episode. This was more of an informational episode. Uh, but you should definitely check that out as well. Yes. And again, thanks to everybody who participated in that one. And uh, this is amazing. Yes. I uh, really, really appreciate that you join us for this special uh, bonus episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. If you're looking for any of our other episodes, you can always find us on HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there, I want you to take a second and sign up for the newsletter. <laughs> we didn't get, well, this was kind of short notice. We didn't weren't able to drop this in the last newsletter but if anything ever is coming up we will let you know that's the first place to find out about it right right you will be very happy that you did it's a fun way and we just love interacting with all of you 
Yeah, and the other way to interact with us, we let you people know that this was coming up or something special was coming up. We didn't quite tip our hand as to what it was, but we let people know something special was coming up on our social media. And you can find us there on Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest, at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And if you ever want to ask any questions, email us for any reason, you can hit us up at Podcast at gmail.com. Right, and as we always say, we really love it if you tell a friend about our podcast. Right. Please tell a friend about us if you have a little more time. A rating is wonderful. A review is great. More than anything else, we just appreciate that you take the time to download, to listen to our show. You are very special to us. We thank you for that. Definitely. I concur. I concur. (laughs) So that's it. Thank you for joining us for this special bonus edition of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We're going to share some more time with you again next week. Back to normal on (laughs) Sunday. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical.